1: read an article yesterday that talks uh, about the, the task of search and rescue. The headline in the Deseret News reads, Search and rescue teams in the West try to keep up with an influx of people heading outdoors. What are the numbers? Well, uh, it turns out that Grand Teton National Park uh, recorded a 1.2% increase in visitations in August. Right, a slight uptick, but how about this one? Yellowstone National Park recorded a 21% increase uptick in visitors in September. That's compared to September of last year. And uh, in Colorado, in northern Colorado's open spaces and national forests, get this, there was a 200% increase in visits through the spring and summer, according to uh, 5280. That's a magazine out of Denver. And then the last, uh, last little data point I would share with you is that here on Memorial Day, places like Zion National Park were full. By 6.30 a.m., 6.30 a.m. How about you? How have you been spending this past summer? It's been a wild one, I know. Uh, it's been different. The, the requirements to stay safe and healthy have, ma- have meant that you and I need to find uh, you know, more remote and spread out areas to recreate. I, for the first time, I'll admit in, in many, many years, uh, was out camping. Yeah, we took uh, my little baby Piper out camping. My wife and I pitched our tent uh, in the in the woods uh, on the mountainside. And there we spent an evening, a beautiful weekend. And honestly, I mean, I enjoy camping, but it's not my first uh, choice for how to recreate or spend my time. My wife's a big fan, and uh, and I, I feel badly that I have put off a, a Lonsbury family camping trip for so long. And uh, we did so today, or this year rather, uh, really because... Of the the coronavirus, that was it. It influenced our behavior. It pushed us out into the into the wilderness. Now, I I believe, and the numbers support this, that I am not alone in that, and that many people have been pushed out into the uh, out of doors. Sometimes into the back country. Sometimes where it is dangerous and difficult to access. And sometimes, sometimes those individuals get themselves into some trouble. To help us understand exactly the scale uh, of of those requiring help out in the wild. We've uh, welcomed back to the program Sean Roundy, member of the Utah County Sheriff Search and Rescue and the Mountain Rescue Association uh, Intermountain Region Chair. Uh, Sean, sir, welcome back to the program. How are you?
0: Thanks, Lee. It's good to be back. I'm doing well, thanks. Good. Uh, put this into
1: perspective for us. What have you and your teams seen over this uh, this past summer specifically as folks have looked to recreate in the COVID era?
0: You know anybody who gets out to the trailheads. If you've been out before, you notice that the parking lots are fuller. There seems like people are hiking all over the place, and you're right to assume that that does have an impact on the number of rescues. To a large degree, it's a numbers game, and the more people get out out there, the more the higher the chances that something is going to fall apart. But it's also a question of people who haven't necessarily gone hiking a lot before and don't have a lot of experience, and we see that that lack of experience and judgment and preparation, it really does uh, come into play. I was talking to a member of Salt Lake County Search and Rescue last night, Alan Bergstrom, and I asked him about his numbers, and they're up 14% for the year. They usually hit about around 60. They're plated to go over 70. For Utah County, it's, it's even more dramatic. We're up maybe 20 or 30%. We usually get 80 to 100 rescue missions every year, and we are currently sitting at 115, so it is a much heavier load.
1: In in that in that added number of rescue missions that you have to execute, are there are there any trends there? You, you talked about many of the folks who are out recreating right now in this COVID area era being those who may not otherwise be experienced in the outdoors. Are you finding are you finding or needing to go out and find and rescue uh, individuals <laughs> who are just un- unprepared?
0: Yes, we are finding them. So rest, rest assured <laughs> Very good. of that. Uh, and we noticed this a lot in the spring so this was not only when covid was kind of new and people were getting pushed outdoors new but also because the weathers were temper their temperatures were cooler and there was more snow the lack of preparation and judgment sometimes was more evident i remember we went and uh, found a couple of individuals who had gone hiking and and they were near a small mountain peak and they decided to go over the top of it. Well, over on the other side, on the North Face, there was snow up to their waist, and they were wearing denim, and cotton is not the thing to wear. I want to emphasize this with winter coming up with the cold. If you get wet, cotton will just draw the heat off your body. We call it killer cloth. So please try to avoid cotton as it, as it gets colder. And they just got exhausted. They didn't have enough food or water Um, We found them just as it was getting dark. They did not have any lights. Uh, So, you know, we we gave them some calories and some hydration and and, uh, got them down off the trail just fine. But that was typical of what we were seeing, and we're kind of concerned that that's what we'll see again now.
1: Are some of these extractions, are are they requiring aircraft for the most part, or are you, as you described here, you know, you get folks warm, you get some calories in them and able to accompany them back down the trail? What's the nature of the rescue efforts?
0: It's kind of two parts. Some of them just get, you know, they push beyond their boundaries, they hike too far, and they realize they don't have what they need in them left to turn around and come back down the mountain. And so sometimes it's a question of finding them. And with that, modern technology cell phones is a blessing and a curse, mostly a blessing, because when you dial 911 on your phone, it is GPS-enabled, We know your location, and that makes it so much easier. We had one last Saturday night where there was a woman hiking down from Lone Peak and got off the trail into a very cliffy, very thick brush area. And if we did not have our location, it would have taken us hours longer Mm -hmm. to locate her and then then bring her down. So that's nice. On the other hand, it does mean people sometimes call us when otherwise they would have had to get themselves out of trouble themselves. But uh, things can sometimes deteriorate from there, so it's now, if you're in trouble, don't hesitate to call. We're volunteers. We're free. Um, the only time you get charged is if you go in a medical helicopter. Helicopters. We have a few of them that help us out a lot. Um, some of them are from the hospitals, with uh, Life Flight and AirMed and Mountain Star. And it's fantastic. They donate their time to help in searches, and then if they transport you to the hospital, of course you're going to get you're going to get built like an ambulance. Right. And there's also the Department of Public Safety, Star Nine. They come out and they do amazing things. These pilots are incredible. So if it's life threatening, if it's really remote and difficult, if weather is uh, deteriorating fast, those. Uh, resources can be lifesavers for us. Otherwise, we get the job done sometimes with motorcycles, with a lot of hiking and side-by-sides and such.
1: Uh, Last question I have for you. I was talking with Producer Amy. The two of you spoke yesterday. She let me know that, uh, in your estimation, you've been lucky. Your team has plenty of newer members, enthusiastic, uh, that are able to aid in these search-and-rescue efforts. Talk to me about the type of person that approaches a search-and-rescue team and says,
0: I'd like to help. Great question. You know, when we're out doing the rescues, especially like on motorcycles or something that looks sexy like that, we'll pass people and say, "I oh, want what a great job that would be," and we say, "It really is." And you don't get paid anything. And then sometimes they, they, their enthusiasm <laughs> decreases a little bit. But if you've got any kind of aptitude for the outdoors, if you have medical skills. Um, something where you can contribute. You don't have to be a great rock climber, though. although that's fantastic, uh, as long as you can get out there. And uh, and the reward of making a difference, of doing what you love and then doing it where it really matters to someone, where you save lives, where you, you know, sometimes recover lives that have been lost, but at least bring closure. And, and working with a team, it, it becomes your family. It's really, really rewarding. I'll say, I'll you remember i said we have 80 to 100 calls in a typical year it's a big time commitment and if you don't already have all of your gear it's a big money commitment so uh, if anyone wants to donate to your local team that's greatly appreciated your donations will save lives they'll really support all these volunteers who put in put their time in but um, i think that pretty well sums it up it's it's hard work sometimes and sometimes that is the most rewarding
1: well it's admirable what you do is admirable uh, for the nature in which you go about the job and also uh, the results you yield. So thank you on behalf of uh, you know all of us inexperienced folks for, for keeping us safe out there and on behalf of some of us unlucky folks. Thank you so much. Sean Roundy, member of the Utah County Sheriff Search and Rescue Team. Again, thanks for your time and your expertise and uh, your service to the community.
0: Thanks, Lee, for helping us get the word out. Everyone stay safe out there.
1: 100%. Quick break. When we return, we're going to return to... The theme of unlikely allies. I'm going to say two names. Do you recognize them? James Carville and Mary Madeline. James Carville and Mary Madeline. What do you know about those two? I'll share with you what I know next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison.
0: Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today.
1: I'm Becky Bruce.